If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hello, Jacksonville, and happy Friday. Heading into the weekend. And doing it with a new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars about 40 minutes after we got off the air, which we basically talked all yesterday, all week, and all the last couple of days like he was going to be the head coach. But it was official about 40 minutes right after we got off the air on ESPN 690. And, uh, well, you know what the last 24 hours or so have been like around here. And now we look forward. Urban Meyer is the head coach of the Jaguars. He talked today at length. Shad Khan talked as well. Plenty of insight on what this will look like with Urban Meyer, although we still will learn as we go uh, in that regard. NFL picks on the way. NFL playoffs. We haven't even talked about the NFL playoffs at all, so let's Mm. get a little bit of that in today. What else is going on this weekend? And a little blast from the past is scheduled to join us later in the show. D. Brown. Remember D. Brown. Jacksonville guy, J.U. Dolphin, Bowl School. He's going to have his number retired by the Bowl School tonight, and he will join us. Of course, former NBA slam dunk champion from the Boston Celtics. Does Coons have to Google him, even though he has the NBA prowess? Is that on the Driving Dish podcast? Coons, is that what you're doing right now? Or are you familiar with D. Brown? I'm trying to. No, I'm grabbing Urban Meyer audio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It still is an Urban Meyer podcast, after all. Uh, it, true, it is. Uh, and at least we get to talk about him as the head coach mm-hmm. today. Brent Martin, no, Austin Lane, Coos on a Friday, and uh, year three technically begins today. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So uh, here we are. And um, Well, what do you think, man? What do you think? Did you watch any of that? Did you see any of it? Uh, now that it's official, uh, anything changed for you? No, I mean, obviously it... I mean, we kind of expected it was going to be official even when he didn't sign, but now that he put pen to paper, you got to be feeling good. Um, I like the energy that he's bringing in the interviews. I like the forward thinking. Shad Khan seems happy, and it's good to see him um, smile and things like that because let's be honest. I mean, this this may have been a gamble, right? And I've been very adamant about saying this. In terms of the boomer bust guy, that's Urban Meyer. You know, you could have went in a number of directions that could have been a safer pick where you could have had success. But props to Shad Khan for swinging for the fences here. You know, I mean, and it's funny, too, because I'm seeing like the national narrative a little bit. And this is just kind of a minority. It's not a lot of people saying this, but a lot of people want to sit there and bump their gums and say, oh, I mean, good luck, Jacksonville. It could be, you know, it, it could be a rough season for you. Like we had good seasons the past decade. You know, like, I mean, literally, this is like, this is the haymaker. This is nothing to lose. All systems go. And let's see what happens. Like, I'm, I'm excited, you know, and I don't know if it's going to pan out or not, but at least we're, we're, we're optimistic right now. When's the last time Jaguars fans been optimistic? Maybe last year, uh, after the Colts win, but that slowly gravitated towards, you know, being in the dumps, being in the doldrums. So, at least we got something to cheer about. At least there's still haters out there that don't want to see the Jaguars make it. So be it. But 
I like where this team's at right now. I like where this fan base is at, and I can't see what the journey's going to bring coming forward now. Yeah, there's been more grasps at hope than probably we want to admit, right? 2017, uh, the Jags playoff run, thought that might be the beginning of something, right? Nobody thought at the time, of, I don't think, some people probably did because there are always negative folks and say, well, it's just a, a fluke year. And, and those folks ended up being right. But even into the next year, three and one start. So everyone's like, hey, man, this is something. Hey, we got something cooking here. And and that didn't materialize. And then even Gardner Minshew, right? Uh, I think there was something there. There was something to hope and, and see if it could happen. Uh, and every new coach that comes in, every time you hit the reset button in an organization, there's a natural energy boost to it. And so I, I think that does exist, uh, but I do think you're right in the point of, hey, if you're going to swing and miss, swing for the fences, man. Unload, uh, like I tell the kids, fall down, swing. Make mm-hmm. sure it's a 3-0 count, and you're really unloading. And that's what I think this is for the Jaguars. And so, yeah, could they lose some more? Sure. sure. <laughs> that's the way it's been. Uh, that's not what you want to be. That's not the barometer. That's not the okay part of it. Um, but sure, you could, this could not work out. That, that's certainly the case. But the, the marriage between Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence potentially are that number one pick, and we'll get into that. Uh, it's more hope than, than really ever before, more realistic hope, because these guys are proven winners. Mm-hmm. And so you can, tr- you can try to translate that. You know, even when this franchise started and some of that hope is like, well, it's hope, it's excitement, it's, oh, what could this be? And, and uh, ironically, there was a ton of success early on, but nobody knew how that was going to work out. I mean, this is something that is a little less blind faith, I guess you will. This is something that says, hey, you know what? I can make a case why this is going to work. And, and sure, some people will make the case why it might not work. Uh, but listening to Urban Meyer today, uh, he is not – it's funny. You know, we always talk about winning the press conference. So I think it's kind of like a stupid phrase. But, uh, you know, what that is is does that get you excited? What's interesting is Urban Meyer wasn't like, yeah, I can't wait to get going. And let's go, Jacksonville. And mm-hmm. we're going to do this. And we're He wasn't. He was very tempered. But you listen to him talk football. Uh, and you know what his resume is. And then you start thinking about what the way the Jacksonville Jaguars have been. And you say, okay, been missing that. Yeah, I've been missing that. That adds up. Yep, probably haven't had much of that. And so you see what's made him successful. And then as he's kind of exposing what the Jags have done to make them not successful. No, and I think yeah. that's the, the thing that gets me today. I mean, listen to that guy talk football. You know he knows football, man. You know he knows how to win. And and listening to that and following this organization and being around it so closely, you know some of those things he said today haven't always existed around here. No, that's very true. And why I think that, you know, and I don't want to call it tempered enthusiasm because I feel like that's kind of always been his, his M.O. a little bit. Like he, he is old school like that where it's not like, listen, he's not leading a pep rally right now. He's not trying to sell season tickets. Urban Meyer's job right now is to come in here and win some football games. Simple as that. And that's all that I think this fan base is asking of him. But when you talk about Urban Meyer, he knows the journey that's ahead of him now. Right? Because, yes, you, you, you've accomplished one hurdle. You've signed the contract. You're the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But you still have to assemble your coaching staff. You still have to get your GM. You still have to convey your message to those players and make sure those players are buying in because that's the that's the biggest thing going forward now is it's a catch-22 when you have the youngest roster in the NFL. You have the youngest roster so you can mold them of what you really want, of what you're looking for, and they're probably nine times out of ten going to listen to you and take that advice. 
But on the other side of it, when you have the youngest roster in the NFL, you don't have those bridge guys. You don't have those Clayus Campbells, those A.J. Boyes to help get Urban Meyer's message across. So if you're Urban Meyer, you have to hope that you can take a Josh Allen, um, maybe an Avery Jones, I guess a Joe Schobert, whoever else is in that locker room that has a little experience, that you tell them the message. And you hope that they can relay that message to the locker room. Because, yes, Urban Meyer is going to be the leader, make no mistake about it. But you still, there still has to be some kind of trickle-down effect. You still have to have the head coach relay this stuff to the captains. And then the captains to the other players. And make sure everybody buys in. That's the next step now after the coaches get figured out, after the GM gets figured out. It's getting that message across and making those guys buy in. Yeah, and I thought he was very transparent today on a couple of things. His health. You know, he did not say, like, try to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm all good, I'm all good, everything's good. He acknowledged, listen, the health stuff was real, he feels better, he feels good. Uh, the, the surgery in 2014, he thinks, was a success, but it's something he's got to monitor. You know, and some people may look at it as a red flag, and, and maybe it should be, you know. Uh, but I actually like the fact that he didn't shy away from it, and he, and he said, hey, yeah, i got to keep an eye on this stuff. And I, I do think people, you, you've got to understand that some people do change a bit. And can he do that enough? It's hard to change. I think it's the hardest thing to do for a human being is to change. Right? I genuinely believe that. Mm. But I also think you get a little wiser and just getting a little older, you probably lose a little bit of that motor. <laughs> and and that, that wisdom then says, okay, delegate a little bit more. Listen, this guy's still going to be intense. He hates to lose. He admitted to that. But I do think if he surrounds himself with the right people, he kind of said, said it. He said, listen, I'm not going to be going nuts on the practice field. So I'm going to let my guys go nuts instead. He looked more like the professor today, you know? He, he didn't. He, that's that's what I felt like. Now it might have just been a news conference. Yeah. Um, so you, you, we'll see if that wisdom showed up. The schedule, of the NFL, all those things. Having grandchildren, uh, maybe that's even relaxed them in the last few years. But but not too much because you want that intensity that has been such a proven winner. Like we really don't want Urban Meyer to change that much, right? No, <laughs> because no, no, we listen. want Urban Meyer to win the way he's been able to win. Yeah, exactly. Like the Urban Meyer that was the Urban Meyer in college, whether it's at Utah, at Florida. Um, at Ohio State, that's the Urban Meyer that got him the deal in the first place. That's the Urban Meyer that got him the head coaching job here in Jacksonville. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all for adapting um, how you go about your coaching philosophies. Obviously, there has to be some kind of changes because it is a difference going from college to the pros. But you still have to rest on your morals, and you still have to rest on, I guess you would call it your pillars, right? And like I've said before on this show, we've had some other people say this before. I, I think Urban Meyer is that old-school guy with a, with a new-school type of outlook, let's just say. And as long as he can maintain that old-school type of coaching a little bit, holding guys accountable, maybe having to get into somebody who every once in a while if they mess up. I'm okay with that, man. Do with do with what 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 got you here. Now obviously on the sidelines during a game, if you gotta calm down a little bit, so be it. Because there's plenty of position coaches out there and there's plenty of coordinators, but more more specifically position coaches out there, especially it seems like from the East Coast, that would just cherish the fact to chew somebody out. So that's not gonna be a problem. He can find guys to do that for him. Yeah, you know, the other part I thought was interesting before we really get into the quarterback stuff and what we do to the team and, and, and all this, the direction, which we're going to break down. You'll hear from sound, some sound if you haven't heard it yet. But uh, I thought it was, you know, he, he basically, if you missed it, he basically said, look, all my attention right now is on the staff. You know, I'm not even worried too much yet about the players. Uh, he didn't phrase it like that, but uh, when asked about the roster. Um, but it's all about getting the staff and getting a great staff, an elite staff is the words he used. So uh, that's his focus right now. But I found it pretty interesting how he got enticed 
by the NFL to end up here. Mm-hmm. And he said 10 years ago, like a decade ago, he started asking about it. But it wasn't really until the last 12 to 13 months, it sounded like, that his antenna really went up. And Albert Breer did a nice job with this in, a, in his article, uh, I think it was yesterday, about what he's been doing to prepare for the NFL. And some of that was he's been interviewing his old players that have made it to the NFL and what works and what doesn't work. And and I thought that was fascinating. And then obviously things got sped up a little bit. He, he met with Shad Khan at the Super Bowl, and they just talked philosophy and, and other things. Um, and who knows where that conversation went, right? I think that's fair enough to acknowledge. But at least they were talking football at that time. And I, I found it very interesting, Austin, that he then studied the salary cap this yeah. past year, you know, yeah. to, to get the ins and outs of that and see. And that shows you a little bit how much control he might be able to have. Now, he's going to have to lean on people because he doesn't know it in and out. I don't care how much you study it and learn it. You can't figure it all out if you just started looking at it in that way. And so he will have to lean on people in that regard. But I, how he got here over the last 12 months specifically, I think, is fascinating because you can tell he was eyeing it. And no doubt Shad Khan was eyeing Urban Meyer. He didn't let him get away. But no doubt Urban Meyer was eyeing this job as well or a job in the NFL at some point. Mm -hmm. And this is the perfect marriage right now between an owner that wanted Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer who wanted a situation like this. Listen, you know, the the whole salary cap thing, like, I don't think that's going to be a hint that he's going to be the GM. That's not the case at all. But I like what Urban Meyer did there in terms of learning the salary cap and kind of, you know, getting the X's and O's. Let's be honest. I don't want to learn that. I love the sport of football. I love talking about football. But you mean to tell me I got to learn about the salary cap and all the intricacies of a contract? No, thank you. So it says a lot that Urban Meyer took it upon himself to learn that a little bit. And why did he do that? It's for a very smart reason, in my opinion. Because what do football players maybe care more about winning? I mean, I'd say it's probably 50-50, right? Like, a lot of players care about winning. It's the Super Bowl. It's the Lombardi Trophy. But players care about their money, too. And contracts are extremely important to the modern era NFL athlete. I think Urban Meyer going out of his way to learn about the salary cap, to do some research, do his due diligence. That's a kind of a key to me. It's a little bit of a tip that shows he's going above and beyond to try to understand the modern era NFL player and what all goes into the contracts. Yeah, we've had a lot of conversations in the last week, uh, you and I, about facilities and now we saw that tweet yesterday that he was talking about facilities and it was acknowledged today about facilities and you need the best and uh, I think that is a real conversation I don't think we're off the mark there uh, talking about that the last week all the way back to last Friday in fact and I think Urban Meyer may speed that process up and I continue to say and we did discuss this quite a bit yesterday the in, this is so much about Shad Khan because the investment he's going to make in the coach alone in terms of the salary uh, which we don't know what it is but we know it's pretty hefty and then the coaching staff and then the resources and everything else. Bobby Carpenter with us on yesterday, uh, former Ohio State Buckeye, works up uh, in sports radio up in Columbus, said, it. hey, the food, he'll make sure you have the best food, you have the best weight room, you have the best this, you have the best that. Like, those are the things. And, and Meyer acknowledged that. So this is a hefty commitment from Shad Khan. But what that all circles back to, in my opinion, Austin, and I really want to get your view of this as a player, and a former player, is I was hoping we would have the transcript for now because I didn't have time to go back and listen to everything. Um, I, I mean, I heard it live. But I would love to know how many times, and I will do this, how many times did he say, we have to have the best for the player, the mm-hmm. best thing for the player, the best for the player, 
right? I mean, he constantly said it. And the dynamic of that with the fact that Shad Khan said last week on Monday when he went, met with the media after firing Doug Marone, we have to find somebody that can relate to the modern player. And then you take that juxtaposition with what has transpired here in the last couple of years with just Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, Leonard Fournette, and we, don't even, we won't even bring up other examples. You add all that together, and it was almost like Urban Meyer was at Ohio State, Florida, Utah, or Bowling Green, but he was doing it here. And he said, hey, player out there, if you've heard bad things about the Jacksonville Jaguars organization, that's changing. Come play here. We're going to give you the best stuff. So from a draft pick potential like Trevor Lawrence to a free agent potential like Leonard Williams, Justin uh, Simmons, Allen Robinson. Hey, Allen Robinson, this might not be like you remembered it. You know, that's what I got out of this. And I guess if you're sitting there and watching that as a player, as a current one or one that could be a free agent or a draft pick, that's going to feel pretty good. And he didn't shy away from saying, hey, man, we're going to push the heck out of you. I'll give you an example of this too, Austin. Colin, jo- I, I tweeted that out. He said, hey, we are going to push the player, but we want to give that player the best of everything because of that. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially sure. what he said. Well, Colin Johnson, the Jags rookie wide receiver, liked that tweet. And because I think players like that. I think players want to be pushed. I think players want to be held accountable, but they also want the best of everything they can get to make it happen. No, and listen, this is I've talked about this a couple weeks ago in terms of why colleges have these crazy locker rooms and then they have these million dollar state of the art facilities. Like, is that the difference between getting a big free agent or getting a recruit? I don't think so. Right. Like, I don't think Allen Robinson's going to come to the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, and have a little reunion, if you will, because now they have like, you know, top choice prime rib cowboy cuts yeah, in yeah. the cafeteria. But what it shows is that when you have the best of the best, whether it's the food, whether it's the, you know, it's the nutritional side, whether it's the recovery side, whether it's the strength training side, when you have the best of the best, what does that say? It says that we care about our football players, and that's why colleges do it. Recruits coming out of high school, going into college, the biggest thing is they want to go to a place where it seems like they care about football. Yes, for some people, academics are important. All right, I got to include that, but let's be honest. Players go play college football, most of them, because they want to feel part of something special. And when you spend millions and millions of dollars on a weight room and a cafeteria and a study hall or whatever you're spending all that money on, that goes to show you, hey, we're spending this much money on the football team. That's how much we want to care about you. Irvin Meyer, I think, is bringing that exact same philosophy here to Jacksonville now. And once again, to me, it's not about recruiting people, recruiting free agents, because we got the best hot tubs, because we got the best food. It's, uh, um, it's all one. It falls underneath the same umbrella. And what that umbrella is, is like, listen, we're willing to go above and beyond, spare no expense to make sure that you are taken care of because we value you and we value winning. And then obviously the other side of that, if you do that, if you get the state of the art stuff and you get taken care of, you have to you have to pay for that. And how do you pay for that? With hard work and dedication. Well, to steal your quote, every time we talk about a contract and a player contract, right, and we have discussions about it and debate about it, Jan or Jalen or whoever else over the years, Mm -hmm. and every time I say, come on, man, I take that money, you say, Brent, it's not how much money, it's what the money says. And so to that exact same point, 
It's not how big the hot tub is. Mm-hmm. It's what the hot tub says. Exactly. It's not how good the prime rib is. It's what the prime <laughs> rib says. You know? And so, from uh, again, I think that does relate. And I think we saw a big pivot in the NFL now as I, as I think back. Because I covered the New York Giants when I was up in Albany. Albany training, the training camp was up there. And so many teams around the league did that. New England Patriots did it at Bryant College. Obviously, the Jaguars did it up in Wisconsin their first year. Mm-hmm. But many teams did that. Why? Because they wanted to kind of grow their brand and, and take them off campus, if you will, and make things a little bit more difficult, uncomfortable, all the like. Well, that was the old school mentality. Well, the Giants built MetLife Stadium and I was there when there was that tug of war like, hey, are you going to stay at Albany? I mean, it's a big deal for Albany, New York, and the university at Albany. They they get the Giants here for six weeks. I mean, again, big deal, big notoriety. Well, they want, they hung on, good relationships. They liked Albany. They, they had no problem with it. But at the end of the day, they said, you know what, we got to get back to our facility. That's where everything is. These guys can't live in dorm rooms, all right? They can't, they can't be eating from a, like a, a, a carton and a plastic bag. I mean, it's just, it's what it says. It's not yes. because they're spoiled. It's because we got to take care of these guys because we're asking a lot of them. And teams figured that out. We, we equate that to college because of the facilities in the arms race, which I think gets foolish sometimes. It's very materialistic in my mind. Mm-hmm. But, if you take it to the NFL level, and again, what you're asking those guys to do, especially in this sport that's so violent, uh, it, it's what it says, to your point. And so I think that's what this is all about. And it was a week ago today we talked about facilities. We talked about that conversation. And, man, as I sit here a week later, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to have a standalone facility. They're going to have a new facility somewhere in Jacksonville. I don't know where it is. It could be down in St. John's County. It could be near the stadium. It's got nothing to do with Lot J, the shipyards, or the renovation of the stadium. They will have one. I don't know how soon, but I'm now convinced that they will have one. And Urban Meyer and Shad Khan will make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's my big curiosity is how quick can some of these things take place? Because you know Urban Meyer says, we need to do this, 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 this. Shad Khan says, I'm on board. I believe you. You're right. I've seen it in other places. You know what works, and you're right on the money. But how quick can you make this, 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 this work? You know, I don't know the answer to that, yeah. which also might be a positive thing from an Urban Meyer perspective or fan perspective, uh, because the book on Urban Meyer is what? Well, how long is he going to be here? Well, if Urban Meyer's willing to take this job and they know they have to fix not only the roster, the on-field performance, but the underbelly of the organization, well, that's not a 12-month thing. That's probably a longer-term fix, and it will come in layers. And so I believe Urban Meyer's looking this, looking at this job as, as at the long view of it. Like, I'm going to be around here a bit. I'm not going to be here for just four years. He'd like to win right away, by the way. But I think this showcases that Urban Meyer's in here and invested at least right now. For the long term. No, no, listen, you're absolutely right. And once again, this is this screams college football to me, right? Because what does Shad Khan, what does the Jaguars fan base need for Urban Meyer right now? They need to win ASAP, right? Like you got to turn this thing around and you have to give these people some sense of hope. But what Urban Meyer, I think, with the, with those talks, let's be honest. Like, you're not going to build the practice facility this year. It's just not going to happen. I mean, yeah. that's, let's be realistic here. It could be a couple years. But when you hear that type of narrative, when you hear that type of talk that down the road, um, we have to do this. We have to do this down the road. That's about building tradition. Right. And, and and that screams to me college football, because when a new coach comes in, you got to build the tradition. You got to build the culture. You, you got to take pride in the team that you're coaching. And obviously, we have to take this year by year. 
And there obviously has been speculations. Well, what happened if Urban, Urban has a bad year? Is he going to leave? Is he going to chalk the deuces and say, no, I'm out of here? Like, I don't buy into that. I think this is a proud individual who wants to see this thing through. But you got to love the fact that he's talking long-term but also short-term as well because that, to me, is how you build the culture, and that, to me, is how you build tradition. And tradition in terms of Jacksonville Jaguars football, it's been lacking the past decade. Hey, the TPC, uh, the Players' Championship, the, the really TPC Sawgrass, that huge clubhouse I think was built like less than a year. <laughs> Money talks, know, man. man. Make it happen. You never know, right man. before I came here, but I'm pretty sure it was like a nine or ten month thing. Like that thing just—it was like they blew that thing up. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, hey, maybe they can make something happen. But I am going to really watch that. And I said it on TV earlier today. The folks that have covered this organization very closely over the last decade and longer—it is going to be fascinating to see the little things that change because times are changing. It doesn't mean times are going to be winning ways. But times are definitely a-changing in Jacksonville. All right, more to come. To when you need the quarterback. What did Urban Meyer say today about the quarterback? And a lot of other talk from Urban Meyer and the owner, Shad Khan. We continue the topic, the conversation, and head into the weekend feeling good in Jacksonville, Florida. Brent Martineau. Uh, Daniel uh, says, we went from hot Cheetos to shampoo, raising the intellectual portion of the show. Austin Lane. I'm wearing a sleeveless t-shirt. What more do you want from us, man? Like, I mean, it's Friday. We never said we're intellectual. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. My vision and my dream has always been the fastest team on the field and the team that plays. When I say fastest, not necessarily 40 times fast, but fast. Uh, one of the great compliments I can remember we ever had was the, the legendary coach, John Robinson. He's coaching at UNLV, and I was at Utah. And we walk out to the 50-yard line, he looks at me and says, that's the fastest team I've ever coached against. And I'm thinking, we only have maybe one guy that runs sub-4-5. So, uh, But then you watch the film, they play fast. And the reason you play fast, I, I, the 4-6 to six is I want a team that plays fearless. And that's our coaches. You know, that's First of all, it falls on the coaching staff. That is Urban Meyer, his philosophy, 4 to 6, A to B, right? Have you four heard to, that before? 4 to 6, A to B? Yeah. No. Well, he's talking the 4 to 6 part. That's what he was just talking about there is playing fast for the 4 to 6 seconds, give everything you got. That's the uh, play, right? That's yeah. like the average time of a play yep. um, in, in football. So, uh, you know, he says play fast doesn't mean you necessarily have to have 40 time fast. But it is interesting, the Jags don't strike you as a fast team. What I would say to that is, I'm not so sure they don't have speed. I think it more relates to what Urban Meyer said. When you're 1-15, you look damn slow. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> you know? For sure. Uh, do you, I mean, seriously thinking, like, fast is an important part of football now. You know, I think the Atlanta Falcons... I think we've had this discussion before, but I think it was the Atlanta Falcons when they lost the Super Bowl and, and obviously blew the lead. But that year, they could fly. Mm. You know? Mm. They could fly. And, uh, you know, listen, even the Jags felt somewhat quick, but they didn't seem fast in 17. They felt a little bit of everything, but I don't know if I'd identify them as fast. Uh, but Atlanta was fast. And now you look at, like, the Kansas City Chiefs offense, that is fast. Yeah. <laughs> right? So... It's it's a it's an interesting word in football, but I understand what Urban Meyer's saying, and he was just sharing his philosophy. Well, yeah, and, and listen, like we hear the word fast, and, and I mean I can't speak for Urban Meyer, but what I gathered from that kind of quote was the fact that you hear the word fast, you think of speed, and you think of you know 
sideline to sideline. You think of east to west. But, like, fast can be a lot of things in football. Fast can be identifying a play and being in your right position. Fast can be, if you're a quarterback, seeing what kind of defense, um, you know, see what kind of coverage they're in, and then audibling out of that. Like, there's a lot of things that can be associated with the word fast, not just a 40 time, not just a, an east to west type of thing. Yeah, I agree with you, and and I think that's what he was saying. Yeah. I mean, he even said he's like, listen, I'm not talking about a 40 time. He even referenced to Utah, uh, you know, where where everybody's on the same page. You've been coached up to instinctually know where to go, which I've always said in sports. Listen, you don't have to be the fastest guy. I played outfield. I wasn't the fastest guy, but I could read a, a ball off the bat. Mm-hmm. Well, that helped me. I got an extra step. Well, if you got if you're a half a second faster than me, but I'm a half a second better at reading the ball, we're even. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, so you can do it different ways is the point. And so I think a lot of people do will interpret that as, well, man, they got to go get some burners. they got to go get, you know, who's going to who's gonna be the Tyree Kill guy? I actually do think the Jags have some really good athletes on their football team. Uh, I, I don't know as a whole if they have enough, uh, but I think what he was referencing was less about the uh, stopwatch speed mm-hmm. and, and more about being on the same page, playing in sync, playing um, all together, and, and, and playing those four to six seconds as fa- fast as possible. So uh, that was interesting. And then the other part is, or, or the big part of today, and the big part of this offseason, is the quarterbacks. And uh, let's not bury the lead, right? I mean, the reason why Urban Meyer's here, he even said it, is because the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one overall pick. I, you have to seriously wonder, and, and let me ask you this, Austin. If the Jags got stuck at number two, and I shouldn't say stuck. I mean, number two is not a bad spot to be this year, I don't think, either. But if they did get the number two pick, do you think Urban Meyer is the head coach of the Jags? Oof. Um, that's hard to say. Assuming what we know about Justin Fields right now, I think he would definitely still be intrigued. Just from the standpoint, I think that Justin Fields would be able to run the more college look um, of Urban Meyer, especially what he had at Ohio State. Now, I understand that uh, Urban Meyer never recruited. I don't think he recruited Justin Fields, but he wasn't there with Justin Fields. But I'm just saying from the speed and, you know, we've seen some pretty good arm talent from Fields as well, like, if Urban wanted to get into this whole mix and run the stuff that he ran in college and have a nice seamless transition, I think Fields would be more than acceptable. But let's be honest. I mean, it's not related to the Trevor Lawrence hype right now. Like, to me, there's one guy and there's everybody else, and that's Trevor Lawrence. And then I get what Urban Meyer is doing because at the press conference he mentioned three names, right? He mentioned Justin Fields, he mentioned Trevor Lawrence, and he mentioned um, Zach Wilson. By the way, Show Trey Lance some love too, man. He's he's my dark horse right now, man. I he, about that. He, hey, watch Urban Meyer draft Trey Lance. He's not even talking about him. Yeah. Number one pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> Trey Lance, North Dakota State. It is funny how Lance's name doesn't get brought up, and no. unfortunately for him, it's just because they didn't play, right? Exactly. I mean, we talk Trask and Jones and all those guys all the time, yeah. but we don't even talk Lance, and a lot of people think he, he has the skill set to maybe be a top ten pick. Yeah, listen, I, I'm not ready to call Urban Meyer a shoe in if he had a chance at Fields at you know at the second spot, but um. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, obviously just puts it over the top. Yeah, and by the way, Fields, has Fields declared for the draft? I don't think so. That I can't confirm. I don't think so. So when I asked him a question about the quarterbacks, I I was intentionally, yeah, he hasn't declared yet. And so I was intentionally avoiding kind of names because I wasn't sure if you're allowed to talk about players Uh, if they're not out. Okay. Right? So I'm not sure. I'm sure you can. It's not like college where you're going to get, like, probation. You know, but I, I just don't know if you're allowed to or, or whatever. And uh, 
And so he did bring up Fields' name, but he also brought up Zach Wilson's name, which was interesting to kind of pull Wilson into the fold because nobody's talked about Zach Wilson as a number one overall pick. Yeah. I mean, nobody. Uh, and and this, listen, this is not necessarily about, oh, my gosh, should he just bring every everybody else back into the fray? He wasn't going to sit here and tell you that they're taking Trevor Lawrence. It's January whatever. Yeah. Uh, certainly all signs lead that way. I think Shad Khan told us last week that they're picking a quarterback. <laughs> so, like, we know they're picking a quarterback at number one. Shad Khan said that. And you know that was part of the discussions with Urban Meyer. Kuz, do we have the audio on the quarterback uh, talk from yeah. Urban Meyer? Uh, let's let's play that from today because I thought the end of what Urban Meyer said, and, and if we hear that part of it, um, was maybe the most poignant thing he said in the entire day. Oh, you see Trevor, you see Justin, you see Zach, you see, you know, that, that, this is going to be, you know, that, as Shad said, this is a monumental moment for this, this franchise. And we've seen some franchises explode and we've seen others fail. And, and I've said this many times, you know, throughout my career is that when the NFL says it's a quarterback league, you know, I would say, well, so is college and so is high school. So is Bob Warner. It's a quarterback sport. So whoever takes that snap is we have got to be right on. Coos, can you do me a favor real quick? Can you replay that first part one more time? Oh, you see Trevor, you see Justin, you see Zach, you okay. see... Okay, all right, cool. That's all I need to hear. Because I was curious to see the order that he set him in, uh, because he used first name basis. So, like, obviously, you know, he's kind of, he's making it more personal. Like, anytime you refer to a football player as just the first name basis, like, you know, obviously you've done your due diligence and they're on your mind and so be it. But, like, I was trying to see, like, obviously you mentioned Trevor first. I was curious to see if you mentioned Zach or Justin Field second, but it was Trevor, Justin, and Zach. And I understand I'm sounding very crazy right now, and I'm sounding like a conspiracy theorist. I just found it interesting. Yeah, well, and we didn't hear the part that I thought was maybe the most interesting. He kept going. It was a longer answer. And uh, he said at the end of it, he said, this will be. One of the most important decisions of my lifetime. <laughs> of my lifetime. So, again, I go back to what I just asked earlier and said, hey, do you think he would have taken this job if the Jags had the number two pick? And I would say when Urban Meyer says, this is one of the most important decisions of my lifetime, and I get the choice of anyone I want, mm. and he also admitted that being the number one pick was a big attraction, I don't think he would have taken this job, man. I don't think that's part of the recipe here. The recipe of, again, that just we'll see how this pans out. But when we tell this story five years from now, and if it's a good story to tell, we are going to go back to the final few weeks of the NFL season. And, man, we're going to send fruit baskets to the New York Jets, potentially. <sighs> you know, I mean, that's how much it could have changed if it does work out, right? Because I'm not sure Urban Meyer's the guy if they stay at the second pick. He might be. Maybe you got to sell him harder. Maybe there's maybe he still wanted to do it. But I think that part of it was just as important as a lot of other facets of Urban Meyer getting back in the game. And when he says one of the most important decisions of my lifetime, and, and by the way, I do want to say he also included Shad Khan and the new GM when that happens. But that's how monumental it is. And he didn't shy away from that. Like, I love the fact that Urban Meyer kind of raised the ante there. You know, he anteed up on the... Uh, just the importance of the quarterback position. Uh, you heard him say it at the high school level, college level, NFL level, but this is going to be big. And fortunately, the other part he said, he's like, I think those guys are elite. You know, there's some guys that are that have the elite quality in there. Mm -hmm. And so he certainly loves this Whoa. quarterback class, and he might just love one of them, and that's fine. Um, he didn't answer the part about is there separation, and, and I didn't really expect him to, but – 
we all believe there's separation at the top, Trevor Lawrence and everybody else. Well, and how cool is it, too, that you're talking about one of the most important picks um, in franchise history for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it may be one of the easiest picks of all time, yeah, in my true. opinion. Right um, Now, it all depends on what Meyer feels about it, but I think we're both on the same page. I think everyone's on the same page when we feel that Trevor Lawrence is just a notch above the rest. So you can call it good timing. You can call it uh, the, the stars aligning. You can thank the New York Jets if you really want to. I'm not, but... It's a good situation of being if you're Urban Meyer where it's the most important spot, but it's also the easiest. Yeah, we're not done with Urban Meyer and also Shad Khan. What did he have to say today? Let's take a break. We come back. We'll hear from uh, both gentlemen some more. It's all about Urban Meyer, Shad Khan, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's finish the week the way we started the week and really the last couple of weeks talking about the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's hard not to be excited about the potential of all this, the discussion of all this. And, and again, I understand it's the resume of Meyer. It's a nice splash hit. The idea of Trevor Lawrence. But I think Jags fans are savvy enough. I think Jags fans understand what's going on here. They see it's going to be from the inside out, the guts of this organization. It's going to be different. More on that when we come back on ESPN 690. I think Shad and the organization is positioned, and it's not by accident. Uh, Shad got very involved in the entire roster, et cetera, and I think it's primed. It's primed to put together a good team. I think, Gene, you know, we know each other, and, and people who know me that I, you know, I, I am not going to jump into a situation where I don't believe we can win. I'm not, I won't do that. First of all, I have to get a great staff, not a good staff, a great staff. And I've had multitude of uh, people calling, and my comment is save the a recommendation unless that you feel that person is elite in all areas because that's what Jacksonville deserves and that's what we're going to have on our staff so I, I the players and, and putting together a team that you know they want to win I know that well that is Urban Meyer this afternoon new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of sounds fun to say it that way I think Jacksonville's loving it season ticket deposits through the roof there's a buzz in Jacksonville and right here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We've been telling you about it all week. Been tracking this way and discussing Urban Meyer. And now it's official, of course. And he met with the media today. So we discuss more about that staff. Brent Martino and Austin Lane along with Coos on a Friday head into the weekend. Uh, well, with the Jags fans at least. Feeling a little sunshine and rainbows, that's for sure. And we've got some reports now, the staff coming together. Get to that in a moment because I think Stephen wants to ask about the staff, so it will blend in nicely as a segue. So let's get to Stephen on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. What's up, man? Hey, not too much. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't ask uh, Irvin, how does it feel to have Devon Hamilton back on his on his player roster? Yeah, that would have been uh, about uh, 45 questions deep on my list. I got a chance to ask, too. <laughs> Uh, um, no, uh, I had a. Uh, I heard from uh, on reports uh, that he was uh, trying to talk to maybe uh, Coach uh, Raheem Morris about being the new defensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, he has coached each position on the defensive side. I've seen him run the three-four, the four-three, even the four-four. How would you guys feel about him coming to be the new defensive coordinator? Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate it. Let me give everybody an update on what's going on here. Ryan Stamper, uh, who is a Jacksonville guy and played for from First Coast High School, by the way, played for Urban Meyer uh, at Florida and has been rumored to come from Ohio State to ja- uh, to Jacksonville with Meyer. 
And the report from Pete Thamble says he is. Ohio State Assistant AD for Player Development, Ryan Stamper, is leaving to join Urban Meyer at the Jaguars. He'll be Director of Player Assessment. Uh, what is that, Austin? <laughs> director of Player Assessment? Yeah, is that That's... like the liaison? Is that would that put like a Marcus Pollard position in? No, I, I feel like Player Assessment would be like an analytical thing a little more. Yeah, like, we'll I don't. That yeah, it doesn't really scream Marcus Pollard to me. I don't know it's interesting. I, 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 honestly, I've never heard that verbiage before. Yeah, I'll, I'll check. Uh, I mean, look, I didn't know you could be an, an assistant AD for player development either. But yeah, he was yeah. that at Ohio State. These big programs have all these different. You know, titles. By the way, good for Ryan Stamper. Nice young man. Remember covering him during the, the Gator days. Didn't really know where he had gone to, and obviously he's gotten into the coaching ranks. And so it looks like he's coming to Jacksonville. And Meyer was a very adamant that he wasn't going to steal or raid the Ohio State staff, but mm-hmm. he said maybe one. And I thought he might be referring to his son-in-law, the quarterback's coach, Corey Dennis, but apparently that might not be it unless he grabs another coach along the way. But Ryan Stamper might be that guy. There's also a report from Brett McMurphy that Charlie and this one's been rumored and then shot down and rumored some more. Charlie Strong obviously was with Urban uh, in Flor- at Florida as well. And, uh, you know, he's been the head coach at Louisville, Texas, uh, South Florida, most recently was uh, with Alabama as a defensive analyst. We didn't even really know that until late in the season. Like, oh, Charlie Strong's there? Well, it sounds like he's coming to Jacksonville, according to reports, Brett McMurphy from Stadium, saying he'll be the linebacker coach for the mm-hmm. Jacksonville Jaguars. So Urban Meyer was reportedly assembling a staff. He told us today he's been working his butt off, basically, on the staff. And here we go, uh, some staff members. And the Raheem Morris, to get back to Stephen's question, is kind of interesting because he interviewed for the head coaching job, Austin. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, and listen, it was, it was a good call. Um, shout out to Stephen doing a little homework He's absolutely right, where I think when we talk about one of Raheem Morris's strengths is the fact that he can adapt and he has been known to run various defenses. Now, obviously, when he was under Quinn, um, you know, Quinn coming from Seattle, like he had a vision of that defense would want to look like. And I think Raheem Morris kind of had to cater to those needs um, of what Quinn was asking for. I do like the fact that Morris has played a 3-4 in the past. Um, to me, it, it wouldn't be a bad hire. Uh you know how I feel about it, though. I, I have my heart set on one guy and really one guy only, it seems like, um, the way I talk about him so much. And it's not the case, but I'm just a really big fan of him. And lo and behold, he tweeted out today, and I want to I don't yes, want to misquote did. him here, Brent. He um, let me just bring that up real quick. Here we go. I'm ready to retire from retirement. <laughs> I am ready and available. Let's win. And, of course, I'm referring to the one and only Wade Phillips. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a connection there man i don't think no no i don't wish. think so either um but what's interesting to me about raheem morris and, and we'll talk more about the staff because scott linehan's now been rumored and, and they go way back and i it, interesting to read about linehan and myers connection but one thought on raheem morris he interviewed for the head coaching job although there wasn't anybody in their right mind that thought he was going to get the head coaching job and whether urban meyer took it or not like i just didn't think i was surprised he was a candidate yeah. but he's an nfl guy so it helps do you think that Urban, all along, they might have known, hey, Urban might want this guy part of his staff. And, again, it hasn't even happened yet, so we'll see. Could they have pulled him in from a head coaching interview to kind of see what he was all about and see if he'd be a good fit even as a defensive coordinator? I mean, it's it's not a bad move. And, like I said, there's worse defensive coordinators out there. So I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it. Um 
and it's definitely an important spot because let's be honest, Urban Meyer is going to be taking care of the offense a lot. So the coordinator of the offensive side will be important, but that's going to be kind of Urban Meyer's baby a little bit. It's going to be a big decision on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Raheem Morris, by the way, did a nice job taking over in Atlanta for Dan Quinn this year. Uh, they, they got cooking a little bit better, um, and they gave him a little bit of a spark. All right, we come back. What about the rumors of Scott Linehan? Does it do anything for you on the offensive side? Looks like the staff is coming together for Urban Meyer. couple of reports out there. Ryan Stamper will be a part of it. Former First Coast Buck and Florida Gator. And Charlie Strong, linebackers coach. Uh, more to go on the staff for Urban Myers. He's hot and heavy on that part of it. And remember, they're still looking for a GM. We'll get into that as well in the 4 o'clock hour next on ESPN 690. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.